You're listening to the OK's Fisher Podcast, part of the OK's Podcast Network, featuring your hosts, Matt Strine and Greg Tubbs. Hey there, welcome back to the OKS Fisher Podcast, coming at you from the OKS Fisher Podcast studio. We have Matt with us today in the studio. How are we doing, Matt? I'm doing great. What do you know? Not a whole lot. Why not? I'm on vacation today. We both took a day of vacation. We, uh, unfortunately, are going to wind her down here a little bit, aren't we? Yep. This will be our last episode for uh, this open water season and um, take a couple weeks off, get, start getting some ice content ready and do some deer hunting. Yeah. Um, not that there isn't any good fishing to be had right now. It's just our focus is more on putting some meat in the freezer. Yeah. Um, it's getting to be that time where hunting's going to start picking up here. And like Greg said, fishing's still great. Uh, we just have a little bit different priorities for the next few weeks, and um, we well, want to keep it relevant. Exactly. So uh, it's time to put the boat away. It's time to clean all the leaves and the acorns out of it and uh, get things winterized. Now, I know you don't have a boat because you're smart, <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want that financial burden, but... I'm sure you've been your been around a few boats in your lifetime. I mean, what are some of the things that come to mind when it's time to put that boat away? Um, it comes down to straight up winterization, getting all the water out of the lower unit, changing your fluids, um, you know, fogging the engine if that's what you do if you don't store it, uh, unplugging batteries, pulling them out so they can weather the winter and in warmth instead of in you know bottom of your boat. Exactly. I'm a big fan of actually pulling my batteries out. So i got to pull the X2s out of the boat and bring them down into the basement. Now, I've seen people go put them right on the concrete. I've seen people put them on wood. What would you say is the smart thing to do? Um, putting it on some sort of rack, just keeping it off the cold concrete floor in your basement or cold concrete floor in your uh, garage. Just get a little bit of air space so some of that hot air can circulate around the whole thing. Um, that's what... If I had a boat, that's what I would do. If you were king for a day, <laughs> what would you do? Yeah, um, that's exactly what I do. I at least put them on a piece of plywood or a two-by-six or something because you don't want them sitting on the cold basement floor um, or in the garage for that matter. You know, if your garage is really not that well-conditioned uh, and it gets below freezing, it's probably not a good place, especially for a lead-acid battery, right? Yep, and even it's not so much the temperature. It's it's the dampness of the floor, too. Um, you get... You know, you can corrode terminals with nothing on it, too. You yeah. got to keep that in a climate-controlled area. Um, do you pull your electronics out? I do. So Fishhawk, the uh, locator, everything comes out of the boat pretty much, and it's down to um, the engine hanging off of it, all the cushions removed. You know, my boat's got compartments everywhere, so that's great places for the, our little friends to go and hide and, mm-hmm. and make a home temporarily over winter. Yep. Uh, do you leave your compartments open for the winter? I do not because where I store them on the farm, store the boat on the farm, there are bigger critters. <laughs> Ring-tailed bandits. Ooh, the old <laughs> yeah. trash pandas. Yeah, trash pandas have a tendency to destroy things and make homes anywhere they possibly can. So 
all compartments get shut down. What I do, however, is my wife will take old pantyhose, she'll fill them up with uh, uh, mint leaves and, uh, and some mint oil. We'll put that on there, and we'll put those little little bags of fun all throughout the compartments of the boat, and I'll even throw some Irish spring soap in there. You do dryer sheets? I've done the dryer sheet, and I've had some years where they work and some years where the mice don't care. They're, yeah. they're going in there regardless. But Irish spring soap seems to work really well, and the little pantyhose balls with uh, mint leaves and mint oil on them really, really help. I never heard of that before. Ice fishing gear, like my shack and everything, I throw dryer sheets in. Like, sure. It's the only time I use 15 dryer sheets in a little sled, but that's it works good for that. I haven't had any issues with critters going in there or nothing, but... It's Great. interesting on the Irish setter. Yeah, Irish spring works really well. Um, I was quite surprised. And mothballs are terrible. You know, I, I hate the smell of mothballs. Guys swear by them. I know people that'll throw them all around the boat, even in the storage unit mm-hmm. sometimes, and they'll still get mice on occasion. Do you cover your boat when you I, put it in storage? I most certainly have to. Okay. Um, because trash pandas mm-hmm. they crawl around on the rafters they knock hay out of it yeah um sometimes birds get in there so then they crap all over everything yep. yeah it's a it's a good idea to just take every precaution possible that's yep. less cleanup i gotta do come spring mm-hmm. um another thing too is you can make a list of all the things you need to do to your boat yes whether you want to do it now or do it in spring at least have a list so you're not shell-shocked and surprised when your engine doesn't start in spring or whatever it might yeah. be. Like, my boat's going to undergo some major construction this spring. Um, we're going to tear it apart and do the main floor. The whole deck is going to get tore out, and I'm redecking that thing. And I even thought about putting it up for sale. Say it ain't so, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's been a good run with it. It is paid for. That's the nice part. It's an old boat. Everything works good on it. We put a floor in it. It is going to be. It's going to be a solid boat if I do decide to sell it. Because um, I just can't sell stuff to people like that. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't sell them garbage. Yeah. So, uh, but possibly you might see it on Facebook Marketplace someday. Don't worry, guys. I will do my best to talk them out of this. That's it's already started. So <laughs> we need salmon. <laughs> uh, do you do anything with the trailer? You check your bearings, or is that a spring thing for you? That's honestly a spring thing because I don't want to go through all that and just let them sit. You know, and I know some guys are pretty crazy about like uh, tires. You know, tires getting flat spots on them and things like that. I've heard of people putting them up on jack, on stands, jack stands and stuff stands. like that. I don't do that, but mine mine also sits on kind of a gravel floor, so the the ground is softer. Gift. Yeah, um, but that it's usually a spring thing. Like I pull them off, and I didn't do it last year. I did it the year before, but I just pulled it off and uh, kind of clean clean the old grease out and pack some new grease in there. Even though I have bearing buddies, mm-hmm. bearing buddies really only push it from one side. They don't yep. get it from both. And if your your trailer is getting some miles on and the bearings are still good, it's probably just good practice if you don't want to keep changing bearings every so often. I think I changed my bearings eight years ago. When I pulled them out, they were still good. Yeah. Like there was nothing wrong with them because people took good care of it before I got it. Sure. You keep every, you keep the hubs all sealed up. No water is going to get in there. I think that's where the issue lies. You got a little bit of a seal leak. You get water in there. You get contamination. Then it starts to rust and kind of yeah. go downhill pretty quick. Right. And it was never an issue. 
But, um, you know, every trailer's got the notorious gremlin in the wiring system. Mm-hmm. It usually involves a mouse or invo- involves some sort of corrosion from taking it in and out. Heck, I went through it two years ago where I, I rewired it four years ago and put all new wire harness in it, put all new LED lights on it, and good for two years, and all of a sudden going down the road, and I see something flickering, and half the lights go out. Oh, man, what's going on? Well, I lost the ground wire. Here, just from corrosion, just from back in the trailer in and out, the water got into the wire underneath, you know, it just absorbed it. Mm-hmm. Maybe the insulation was just porous enough where it absorbed the water, and it started to bulge and bubble. Well, what, what causes the bulge and bubble is the corrosion, yep. and then you lose your ground. Yep. So... Look at all your connectors, even even though, you know, the connector looks good, look at the wiring past that. Yeah. You know, a good four or five inches. Heck, I had that bubbling going into the wire under the insulation for a good six, eight inches. Yeah. So, I, I do notice, too, it's on trailers, it's always a ground issue. Always. Because if you have a, a power issue, it pops a fuse, it does something. Mm-hmm. But if it's that slow flicker, you got a bad ground, loose ground, you know, whatever, rusted up ground where it attaches to the frame, that's what it is. That's... Yeah, good place to start. And the nice thing is, it's one wire. Like yep. it's it's the ground wire. <laughs> yeah, but then you're looking at it going. Well, the ground wire is part of this whole whole system. What do I do? Do you pull a whole whole new harness? I mean, you can buy the stuff pre the whole harness wiring right right on a spool if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, you buy a, a big enough spool, you got enough for two rewirings of that boat. Sure, at a cost. I would say do that as a last case scenario. Yeah. Um, just because, just because you have four inches of ground wire that's corroded, you don't have to replace everything. No, find I've, that and just, I've done uh, heat shrink connectors. You know, got up in there, get was able to pull enough out, and that's the thing too. If you're rewiring your trailer, leave enough extra inside the mm-hmm. frame somewhere so you can help yourself in the future for yep. repairs. But don't leave too much where it causes an issue. Yeah, where all of a sudden you're. <laughs> Three yards of material hanging behind behind your trailer. Dra- yeah, dragging dragon. on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> You're that guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, but to your point, making a list now while it's fresh on your mind. Yep. Heck, if I got a dry erase board over here, I can go scribble down six things and it'll sit there all year until I decide to go past that dry erase board again. But at least I have a reminder. Yep. You know. Also, a good time to put on that list, fire extinguishers, if you need oh new God. throws. I had to bring this up again. <laughs> I'm glad you did, um, because now we're good for a couple of years on those fire extinguishers. Yeah. You know, if it weren't for the Coast Guard doing their job yep. of uh, stopping us while we're out on the party barge, um, having a good time, we would have just, you know, say we did have a fire. Mm-hmm. And I go to hit that fire extinguisher, and the the thing, the thing, but there was nothing there. Yeah. There was no no juice behind it. So, yeah, fire extinguishers, if you're supposed to have them, I believe uh, anything 16 foot or bigger, you're supposed to have a fire extinguisher, at least one. Mm-hmm. So, I think even if you got a small boat, smaller than that, it's, it just good, it's just good practice to keep a fire extinguisher in the boat. Yep. Uh, especially if you're running older equipment, older motors. I mean, mine's no spring chicken, but... It still runs good, but anything could happen. Yep. How about fishing? We know there's fishing going on right now. There is. There is. Um, I know the fall bite's still on. It's been a weird fall. I know we talked uh, last week or two weeks ago about we went out musky fishing, and water temps were still real warm, warmer than normal. 
that bite's going to get better the farther it comes in. I think that cold temp went too quick, and it went from 60 to 40 in, like, four days, and the fish are just as shocked as we were. So there's still good fish to be had out there. Be patient with it. It's it's only going to get better until ice up. Um, but that's as far, you know, the old musky critters that I chase. Yeah. Are guys doing really well on suckers? They are now. Okay. They first of all, the suckers don't last when the water temps are sixty. I mean, they like cold, cold water, and when you're keeping them in cold, cold water, and then you throw them in sixty degree water, they don't like that. No. They go real lethargic. They mostly. I mean, we lost a good chunk of our suckers while we were up north just from shock. That's a lot of money spent on bait. Because what do you pay per sucker these days? Uh, if the wife's asking, they're like a couple bucks a piece. But in realisticness, uh, between ten and fifteen bucks a sucker. Wow. And we went through eight, eight or nine of wow. them up there. And There's a hundred bucks. Yep. Yeah. And uh, didn't catch anything on it. They died for not good reasons. Wow. The math does not equate to pounds of fish there. I mean, no. you could have probably filleted them. Could have. It would have been more useful for the, you know, money we spent. <laughs> <laughs> I paid 80 bucks for a sucker fillet, and it really was not that good. <laughs> Tasted like corn. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, to your point, suckers are like trout. They like cold water. Yep. So when you do throw them in that warmer water, they, it does. It puts them into shock unless you can get them down deep real fast. But even that's not good for them. No, because this time of year the bite's usually shallow. Yeah. Um, so, what, I mean, what we did to kind of deal with that is we took the cold water, we took half of that out of our cooler, put half a splash of the 60-degree water to kind of try to acclimate them. Yeah. Um, it's it's tough though. I mean, it's twenty degree water difference, yeah, and it's no different than when we're trying to pike fish in the spring with smaller suckers. Is you don't, but spring is nice because the water is just coming up. Yep. Fall, it's trying to come down. Yep. So bait lasts a little longer in spring than it does in in, in fall. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of pike, we know that there's a good bite going on on the river right now. Uh, rock crawfish. I think any of your local rivers right now. If you're not chasing deer or thinking about duck hunting, um, it's not a bad time to go out and hit these rivers for walleye and pike. Uh, Smallmouth too, man. I mean, everything yeah. puts the feed bag on this time of year. Agreed. If, if you got a good population of smallmouth, um, muskies. Mm-hmm. You know, muskies are not sought after real highly around on these rivers. We know they're here, yep. but they, uh, they can also be found. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the guys that I know of that are hitting it right now, hitting it hard, uh, their their main focus is walleye, and they, you could be doing a number of different things between dragging jigs and, and crawlers or minnows uh, to trolling flicker shads, uh, just getting them out on boards or even pulling them right behind the boat with your electric trolling motor real slow, probably you know 1.1 to 1.5 miles an hour. you got to play around with it until you find the right speed mm-hmm. and hit the right pocket of current. Or you could throw a 10-inch suic up north in the floridge and catch a bonus walleye like our buddy Kyle did. Yeah, yeah, that that had to be a pretty surprising little catch. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, walleye hitting a a musky bait. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. They're putting the feed bag on too. They are. (laughs) They are hungry. So, and this is a time of year where you probably are pulling bigger baits. Mm -hmm. Bigger baits for walleyes. Um, You can probably get away with using them larger flicker shads or shad wraps. Uh, bigger husky jerks, 
that's another thing guys like to do too is they'll pull stick baits or even throw stick baits and just work them really slow. Yep. And um, the nice part about that is you will catch every species of fish on a stick bait. 100%. Bass will hit, pike love them. Bluegill, crappie, perch. Yep. I mean, they're aggressive. Yep. They're they're going to eat it. Boy, it's hard to believe this is the end of open water season, but it is. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, in, it's sad, but... Uh, it's part of life, Greg. It's part of life, man. It's part of life. <laughs> uh, I do have one other tip when you're done, um, especially bait casters. Yeah. Uh, when you're putting bait casters away, what we've always done, especially musky fishing, where we crank that drag down real tight uh, to the point where you can't turn it anymore. If you're going to store that stuff... You know, keep it in your house, same with the battery. Crank that drag all the way loose. You don't want that pressure on those clutches when you store it over winter. Yeah. Um, loosen everything up to the point where you spin your reel and it just spins. Nothing happens with the line. It'll make your stuff last longer. That's my quick little tip on. That's a great tip. You know, I've got all of that trolling gear for salmon fishing, and I'll bet you half of them the, the drag is cranked down just enough where it could crush. Yep. Crush the friction material in the clutches. Yeah, that's a good thing to turn back, um, make sure everything's good. And then air out your lures. Open all your tackle boxes up for a couple days. I'm guilty of it where you come back in spring and everything's rusted and stuck together. There's nothing worse than rusty hooks after you just spent time sharpening them or you put brand new hooks in some of this stuff and they're all rusty. Yep. Keep that aired out. It takes a couple days in your basement and then you can store it and put it away for the winter. Um, yeah, those are the two big tips to uh, prevent some headaches come spring. Yeah. We're not totally leaving you, right? I mean, we got ice fishing content coming up. Oh, yeah. We got, uh, we're going to start recording probably pretty quick here for some ice fishing content. Yeah, and, I would uh, say we're going to take a few week hiatus and trying to line up some folks to get on the podcast to talk ice fishing. Um, we're pretty fortunate. We have a lot of different water bodies to fish around here. Mm-hmm. And if it's not remotely close, it's a couple hours drive, and we can be ice fishing. Yep. Years past, it used to be like right around opening weekend of gun season around here, which is usually mid-November, that week of uh, week of Thanksgiving. But it's becoming less and less. Yeah, later and later. I think last year I was fishing on two or three inches of ice right around Christmas. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you can still – I mean, there's plenty of fish to be caught up until – you know, ice on, yep. but we're going to, we're going to focus a little bit of time in the woods here doing what we love next to fishing. Yes. Hunting. Yes. Um, so we're not leaving you guys hanging. We're just going to get some more relevant content for you come ice fishing season. And, uh, yeah, we think we're going to do an event this winter too, aren't we? Can we, we talk have, about that? We or can, am I not? We, yeah, we can throw it out there. Um, BHA backcountry hunters and anglers is going to do uh, an ice fishing jamboree event. Um, to our knowledge, it's on Lake Koshkanon right now. Date will be sometime, I think, that first weekend in February, if memory serves correct. I believe so, first but Saturday in February. We'll, like uh, we'll definitely start kicking more information out as we get it. Uh, sooner, probably December, we'll, we'll have more of a, a better rain on what's exactly going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as, like, what time, where exactly, all that fun stuff. But... Stay tuned. You'll be able to, you guys are big into running around and, you know, chasing down some fish on a big body of water, Lake Koshkanon, depending on the ice conditions, because <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a shallow lake. It's big, but it's shallow, a max depth of maybe eight, nine feet. Yeah. 
this year he might be only a max depth of seven feet with how low the water is uh, but it's a big muddy flat and fish just kind of school up and go around the pond basically mm-hmm. so you get them or you don't um, there's not a lot of structure in that lake but either way it'd be fun just to get together with a bunch of people you know listeners that are in the area or they feel like making a few hour drive to Lake Koshkanon over in Jefferson County by Fort Atkinson uh, that's where that event will be. Yep, we'll be there. We're not 100% sure in what capacity yet. I don't know if we're yeah. going to be just hanging out. We're going to be talking. I don't know why they'd want to listen to us, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll be there. That's that's 100% sure we'll be there. Uh, just not sure what we're going to be asked to do. Yet. <laughs> right, right. So, But either way, uh, hope to see some people there, and uh, I think that's all we got for this one. Yeah, and don't... You know, feel free to reach out and tell us what you guys are still catching in this downtime here because, you know, we'll, I know I'll be still sneaking out fishing. So if you guys are on a good bite and want to, you know, send some stuff over to us or talk to us, feel free to reach out on the socials. We're usually answer within a couple hours, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We love talking fishing. Heck, we got people that reach out to us to talk hunting all the time, too. So, yep. Happy to help. Thanks for tuning in all year. We appreciate you a ton. Yep. And we'll be back in a few weeks with some ice fishing content. Stay tuned. Keep your stick on the ice. (laughs) I'm not red green.